0: Hello again, Dave. Ian, how are you doing, buddy? I am great. And we've lured yet another unsuspecting guest into our virtual blanket fort. Uh, Jay Lamb, uh, founder of 24 Hours of Lemons and chief perpetrator. Welcome to Apex Adjacent.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Um, I'm very excited to have you on. Um, Dave and I have had our own experiences with Lemons throughout the years. But also, you know, I think... Uh, we also want to talk about, and we'll get to this later, kind of just like Lemons' place in the larger
1: car enthusiast culture. It Um, does not have one, so this will be a very (laughs) slow conversation.
2: I don't think that's true. (laughs) Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Great episode, everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But I kind of want to, I want to start with a game because I think that that is like fitting with the energy of Lemons and we're just We're just going to go right into a game that we play on the show um, called FMK Cars. Uh, So it's based on the classic game of Fuck, Marry, Kill, except it's with cars instead of people, right? And we're going to start at the very beginning of Lemon. So I'm going to give you three cars. You are going to assign each one FMK. Drive it for a day. Marry it. It's your daily driver. K. you crush it, right? This one is called $500, my ass. No, seriously, I'll give you $500 and my finest donkey to take this piece of shit off my hands. <laughs> These were cars that were introduced the same years, the same year as 24 Hours of Lemons, 2006.
1: Ooh, it's a good year for cars, let me just tell right? you. Yeah, yeah, as long as you're not from America, Japan, <laughs> France, or Germany. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Everyone's just riding high on that pre-crash hubris. Right, right nothing could possibly go
1: wrong right
2: houses were skyrocketing in value (laughs) there was no way that could be a
1: bubble. is is the s class going to be the first car or the last car in this list
0: (laughs) oh oh i'm so sorry all right so the first one will be the suzuki sx4
1: kill (laughs) i think you might want to hang on to that one yeah no actually uh
0: you know, right. yeah. well, just wait, I'll give, you, I'll give you all three and then you can, then you okay. the can all, right? all right. All right. So the next one is the Dodge caliber. Hence I said, maybe hang on to that. Care. Yeah.
1: hundred yeah. <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah.
0: And then the last one is a curious case. The Saturn aura. Huh? Ah. Yeah. 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 The one that, the one that everyone always forgets about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I see those every now and then the little wagon version, right? They don't,
1: don't call it a sob. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, boy, that's tough. Well, we know, we know kill easily. I mean, that's a no brainer. Uh, you know, that's, that's the caliber hands down. And okay. Okay, you really pick two that are basically the equivalent. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you, you gotta, you gotta fuck the Suzuki, I guess. And okay. you gotta just live with the aura. I mean, only because, well. Actually, I was about to say only because you can still get the aura fixed. Uh, That's not true. So, (laughs) uh, but I'm gonna—I'm just for the sake of moving the game along. That's my vote.
2: If you you had a Suzuki SX4 at your disposal for a day, like what do you think you'd do?
1: Oh man, I'd beat the living hell out of that thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what can you do really with it? With well, first of all, what's under that? I mean, that's just a phone booth body, right? On a some sort of prosaic was it a kazachi i don't even know what the suzuki's were um so it's just an econobox box car i mean you'd bump it off the red limiter everywhere you go and <laughs> it would not break and then you'd park it i mean you can't really do much with it
2: i like right. that just leave the keys in it as yeah. you walk away it's
1: a it's a fiat it's a what it's a fiat
0: underneath it's a fiat sedici really? oh huh. or huh. it was at least sold as a fiat i don't know if it was a suzuki design i'm not sure exactly
2: Wow, that's a that's a intersection I did not anticipate yeah, I, happening.
1: I, I'm gonna guess that the fiat was the captive and that it was made <laughs> by Suzuki because no self I mean, even Suzuki, no self respecting Japanese executive would set himself up for badging a fiat. It could only go the other way. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean um, otherwise that's a career ending mistake right
0: there. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dave, what do you think about that with your fiat right behind you?
2: i 'm perfectly fine with it, as i 'm only what two weeks into fiat ownership, just in general. I think this stuff bounces off of me at this point, especially since you know it needs a new engine, but you know it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> yeah no i, I haven't uh, I, I haven't developed the sensitivity for fiat yet it just seems it just seems weird and it just seems like um like three or four rubik's cubes duct taped together that i need to try to figure out at this point so yeah yeah so i'll be peeling stickers. the stickers off of something
1: you know? this is useful to know because i've been very tempted to buy one of those things okay. i mean a san francisco city car gotta be the best right but you're saying you've already blown up one motor
2: uh it came to me i i just picked it up used from a good friend of ours uh michelle yeah. and uh a lady named jesse that's gone carting with us and, stuff, and uh, she's uh she's had it for a while it hasn't run for a bit and uh i just compression tested the cylinders uh on saturday uh cylinders one three and four reporting for duty with like over 175 psi cylinder two dead zero dead zero everybody so yeah i you know so it talk talk about kind of like the car landscape or like what so do you live in san francisco like what kind of like Ideal car. What car do you have? We're, you know, yeah, let's hear it.
1: Well, all right. Yeah. So let's see. I I do live in San Francisco, although I've spent pretty much the entire pandy uh, in Santa Cruz, which is a hell of a lot easier place to be, you know, Mm -hmm. locked up. Uh, uh, And I really am missing a San Francisco urban car. I mean, my daily is a Tesla P90D, which is the size of a suburban. I mean, so big. They're so huge. I mean, it's a great car, and I love it to death, but it's almost impossible to live with in the city. Um, I, I also, and thank God the lease is almost up now, I have a Jaguar XF Sport Brake wagon, which is every bit as big as the Tesla and so awful. God, what a terrible car that is. Just, oh, man, that's so I, disappointing. I have driven it for a year. It's that bad. Really god it's noisy it's had rattles in it i mean i got it i got it it's lease car right so i got it brand new it's had rattles in it that are uncurable like cannot be fixed this and i don't understand this jaguar it's like the nameplate there's nothing else that it has in common with like three different generations of jaguar management manufacturing there's nothing it has in common how did the rattles make it through (laughs) how does that happen so uh, what else have I got? I've got uh, I got a couple of water cooled nine elevens. I've got a uh, Kellison nineteen sixty Kellison J four X. I don't even really
2: know what that is. You're breezing right does. by that. Yeah,
1: it's the deservedly forgotten uh, American sports car and race car manufacturer from the sixties. They were Kellison
2: J five,
1: of- J four. It's a J four X. Yeah, oh, you're wow. never going to find a picture because I probably have the only (laughs) the only one that exists Uh, wow okay yeah it's a it's a so kellison made a bunch of bodies oh actually you know what that first picture that's mine pre-resto
2: whoa oh yeah Yeah, there you go john lamb
1: restoration yeah
2: with your aka okay all right there you go wow look at that thing that looks amazing jay
1: yeah it's amazingly terrible so (laughs) it uh when I got it so these things Kelsey made mostly fiberglass bodies and but they made a little small handful of cars with their own chassis and frame on them uh, and this is one of those you can tell the difference because like if you look down at the other ones here on your screen they're all jacked up in the rear that's oh, okay. Kellison said that they would fit on a Corvette chassis. They would not. They literally <laughs> would not go on top of the axle kickout, so they're all brrr, driving like that.
2: Okay. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah. Okay. And this
1: thing. I think they went down to like Ace Hardware and they got these giant C-channel frame rails. They they literally didn't know how to bend metal, so every part of the frame that is bent, they like cut it and welded it at a funny angle to make an angle. It's terrible. So it's all Corvette. It's all first-generation Corvette powertrain and suspension, which is you know all that shit's got to go. Um, we're eight years into a six-month restoration on this car, <laughs> and it's any day. It's almost, it's yeah. almost, it's going to be spectacular.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. And, yeah. Are you keeping the original running gear, or are oh, you uh, doing no. something modern well, underneath?
1: Powertrain. Yeah, I've still got. It's a two eighty three. Um, because I just like the two eighty three, and that I wasn't willing to to dump that but i put a tko gear but uh, i it has a tko gearbox that i caused to be put in it and all <laughs> of that first generation corvette suspension brakes during all of that you know there's resto mod stuff that's off the shelf so it's it's all modern resto mod sure. uh, suspension. suspension stuff literally bolts in as packages so it was not very hard to just take the chevy stuff out put it in the barn and put in stuff that works So any day now, it's going to be a great car any day now.
2: How did did you come across this? How did this come into your life?
1: I, God, so (laughs) I have this bad history. uh, Well, let me just say, lemons is not the only thing that I do. I have this bad history that if I stumble, if I kick stub my toe and stumble across a, a bag of money, I tend to spend it on dumb cars. So I had I had a V12 Vanquish that I that I finally got it so that I was driving it to work one day and there were no warning lights on it. Wow. And I was like, okay, man, like this thing works. And I said, wait a minute. My office is very close to Fantasy Junction. And if I drive it to Fantasy Junction and give it to them to sell, I'll never get more money again for this car. So I did that, right? so So I dumped off this Vanquish and it sold. And literally when I was going to pick it up, and pick up my giant, you know, by not giant, but by not small check for this car, um, this dude pulled in with this car, and he wanted to sell it. It's like, oh, well, I was a smart guy for a grand total of 45 seconds, <laughs> and now I'm an idiot again. So, but I felt like it was all play money anyway, so so what the hell. So that's how I got it, and I thought, the I mean, he made it, it has been, this car has been restored a bunch of times badly, and he made it into a kind of a, basically running driving car and I right. bought it with the assumption like, I'll just clean this thing up. It's going to be great. And the more I dug into it, every single thing needed to be done over. So right. Right. yeah, it, it's on like his fourth ground up at this point. Okay. So
0: okay, There's so many of these around, like I, I, I almost think like, cause we had someone on the show who did something similar who he basically just like he had a vision for, this thing, and he created his own fiberglass-based car, and it's this beautiful thing that I actually saw. We had him on the show because I was going to physical therapy, and I saw it in the parking garage. He was a doctor.
2: Yeah, his name is Ted Parks. It's called the Varsity Roadster. Uh, He's an insanely talented individual. I, I'm guessing that you're gonna be the next owner of one of his cars.
1: <laughs> uh, I gotta go see you guys. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Disconnect. No, it's just like a
0: beautiful thing and like there's so many of these guys out there with these these weird yeah. one off yeah. fiberglass things. We we should almost have like a like a good wood, like a a, a good fiberglass. Good plastic? Yeah. yeah. Good plastic uh <laughs> gathering yeah. or just these weird one-offs that are just all over the place.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, the trouble with that is, from my experience, very few of them will actually get to a car show. That <laughs>
2: so,
1: uh, that may be difficult. So, yeah, no, that that thing is pretty cool. Well, I've always I've always liked Kellisons. I mean, I've known about them forever, and you do see them occasionally. They show up, and they're all in different states of disrepair. Sure. Um, Rich Taylor had one when I years and years ago I was doing the New, the New England One Thousand pretty regularly rich had one that he brought one year and it had some big box something something and i mean that thing was just spectacular yeah in fact his came up on one of those one of those pages that you were scrolling through i think his came up it's white it's got red numbers on the side okay and it just, just sold at barrett-jackson or southern oh, oh there that one it is yep one. the
2: j4r yeah. coupe yeah oh, wow, that's awesome looking yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. So, I've always liked them, and, and I I really had this appetite. I wanted some 50s sports racer Arquetta something, and then this thing showed up with a roof. and said, Yeah, that's close enough. I'll buy that. What could possibly go wrong? So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Okay. You know, bad okay. judgment. Bad judgment is the theme of my car life.
2: You know, I, this is a safe place. Okay. So, th- <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not going to get uh, vilified or criticized. This yeah. is. This is welcoming arms, for sure. Oh, I this is, this, I
1: appreciate this, I need it.
2: Yeah, this this podcast is, is one part automotive culture, one part therapy. So, you know, if there's anything you need to work out, it's it's perfectly fine.
1: That's yeah. exactly what I need. That's exactly
2: what I need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, real quick, before we get off of this uh, topic, when you go back to San Francisco, can you just yeah. mail me, like, just a shit ton of Bob's Donuts apple fritters, please?
1: Absolutely. A- oh, I, I would suggest FedEx.
2: Okay. Oh God, <laughs> I miss them so much. Yeah, greatest apple fritter ever. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> oh, Bob's, right?
1: Does, yeah. does this speak to a Bay Area history?
2: No, no, no. no. My wife and I went, uh, did a visit to uh, to San Francisco before the pandemic, and we had a great time. And uh, and Bob, you know, anytime I go to a city, I seek out carbs and uh, Bob's donuts, of course. Yeah. So yeah, you know, how could you go wrong with Bob's, right? Yeah.
1: Happy to help you out. Happy to help.
2: Appreciate you it. Appreciate it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So sorry for the carb, uh, uh, you know, uh, non sequitur there. Yeah.
1: No worries. No worries. No worries.
2: Yeah. That's why cars were invented to go
0: get donuts. That's, <laughs> that's right. That, that was the whole reason. That's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Carl Benz just needed a fritter. That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do want, so we you know we kind of have twin poles like dave was say, kind of saying on the show where we talk about uh, you know we do our, our dumb uh, dick jokes with the fmk cars and then we 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 disappear up our own butts with some navel gazing so <laughs> we're gonna do the latter now uh so i i've been thinking a lot about how 24 hours of lemons has this like kind of interesting place in car culture and i Brought it up to you before we started recording, and you said it has no place in car culture. Don't think that's true. Um, but like the kind of like irreverent sort of um, energy to it is more pervasive, certainly now than it was in 2006, right? With weird car Twitter, kind of online journalism, even Radwood, I think owes yeah. a certain yeah amount of debt to 24/7. So how are you feeling about? Its place and its sort of legacy in, in car culture and how well, it, I, it. You
1: know, I I think it's great. And I and honestly, I think Radwood does sort of have a not a debt, but I mean has a tie to 24 Hours Lemons, not for the reasons you think, but just directly those guys, and they've said this to me, it's the only reason I'm saying this. Um, they sort of got together and started really working as a group by building a lemons team in 2000 wow. and 2007 That's was sort of the first thing that they did. They're actually mostly Santa Cruz guys as Coincidentally enough, um, and they've gone on to do these really great things. You know, I mean, they really have great stuff going. So I think there have been some spinoffs like that, and I do really think Lemons has caused a lot of people to get together and start being friends and sometimes working together that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. I don't know how much you know as media became more accessible to more people. I think that irreverence was going to happen no matter what i mean we sort of got there early because i had access to a lot of big media because that's the space the space that's the career i was in for many many years before that i was in the car magazine business so i was able to do on ink and paper just through who my friends were they were all car magazine guys i was able to do what anybody can do now with a twitter account Um, so it was kind of a fluke that lemons popped up, but I think what really in the, you want to talk navel gazing, I mean, the car hobby, and let's be clear, this is a hobby. People will tell you, wow, this is a critical business and it is an industry and we are preserving history and it's a hobby. It's something that people feel passionate about and they're doing it. And if they can make a living at it, great, but they're doing it because you know, they're enthusiastic about it. And I got, I think by the, turn of the 21st century it was taking itself so seriously so painfully self-reflectively seriously and there's just this hagiography of other here's the 10 awesome dudes that you have to respect and here's the 10 cars that define it's like fuck that um people were just sick of that and i just think that we we all felt it and we because i was in the car magazine business were able earlier than a lot of other people to just go about to the world and say like, it's just cars. I mean, we're just having fun with these stupid inanimate objects. That's all this is. Let's not be so pleased with ourselves. But that was, you know, already even Pebble beach about the time we started doing our deal, Pebble beach was starting to do like a hot rod class and stuff like that. So it, the, the hobby was just at a place where it had gone all the way off in this very formula, serious, self uh aggrandized direction and it was just people had an appetite to go the other way that's all, all. right I, sure. I i don't i can't take credit for it we just happened to be there you know
0: yeah i think that's that's fair but i mean i i think um you know it's still it's 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 just interesting to see the first person there and then like kind of
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to soft pedal. I mean, I think, I think we're good at it. I, we're all, everybody involved on our side I mean, we're good writers, honestly. Um, I think we all come from many, many years or decades of experience. We kind of know what we're doing. And I think that we all, we like the idea that people who were excluded from something that they wanted to do can be included now. Um, and that's pretty motivating, you know, it's pretty rewarding and that doesn't get old. So you keep doing that. There's always a new guy who never thought he could get in a race car, who 99% of car fans dreamed about getting in a race car and 1% ever did it. Um, so that's a pretty easy, <laughs> that's a pretty easy herd to keep going back and go, Hey guys, like, Actually, you can do this. It's you don't have to worry about some dork and Pilotis, You know, you don't have to worry about bumping some guy's GT3 Porsche. You can, you can actually just do this. Um, so that's pretty. We are good at that, I have to say. Yeah, for
2: sure, for sure. Yeah, the, like the makeup of Lemon's current day, like, is absolutely a reflection of just years and years and years of bringing that like organic accessibility so. up for, for yeah. everyone right yeah, yeah open, I, I, open door
1: well and i and i really feel like the people who the peloti guy with the gt3 he doesn't need us i mean he's got lots of other places to go right. that that well that exists for that guy and that should and welcome him with open arms and let him do what he wants he doesn't need to be down here with us um this is for everybody else and and it's really. I was just having a conversation earlier today on another podcast about this very thing that that a lot of those guys, the GT3 guys, that most enthusiasts never, never, they never started racing because they didn't want to have to deal with that guy. And the thing that they really are afraid of dealing with is that GT3 guy. And I'm not. Well, I am singling those guys out, and some of them are good guys, and some aren't. But that kind of guy. He just doesn't appreciate that everybody's experience matters. He thinks only his experience matters. And a lot of racing is my experience is the only one that matters. And if I don't get what I want, it was a fucking terrible weekend. And that's the attitude that 99% of car enthusiasts stayed away from the racetrack to avoid. All you really got to do is just make sure those guys stay in their 1% where they're happy or they're happy being unhappy. Um, And everybody else can just go and have a normal fun time. Is, yeah, is that and philosophical. No, 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 yeah. no, and I think
0: that uh, that actually is. I mean, obviously, like a a lot more succinct way of, of putting what I was trying to get at. I think well, I've been should...
1: doing this for a long time. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, and yeah, I can tell. Uh, but like the the that through line is the accessibility, right? Is yeah. that's what kind of uh, pervades like weird car Twitter and yeah. and sort of you know the the more democratic media and all that is the. You're right. Just the accessibility. It's pretty simple.
2: It's absolutely against that. Like, well, this is the way it was always done. So this is the way we're going to continue doing it. right? Right. That just like that old school, very single mindset. Right. This is like, this is just not just what car culture needs, but what culture needs in general. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's just the natural evolution as more and more people can kind of voice their opinion. They don't have to take the received wisdom. It's just, kind of the natural evolution of, um, this is, you know, the the received wisdom is not really serving me, and I want to do something else. Um, so it, it's, it's it's so much more fun now than 20 years ago. I mean, I, I love a 6C 1750 Alpha, but you know what? I don't need to see another one. Like, I've seen... Well, I've seen the same three 40 times. Like, <laughs> I don't need to see that anymore. Uh, but if you once you open the doors up, and there's some dude who, I was just looking at one of the videos, you know, we do these wrap-up videos for every race. I was just looking at the edit of one of them uh, earlier today. And some dudes in Connecticut, they took a Saab turbo motor out of their 300 ZX race car and which yeah. they had their 300 ZX and said, well, this isn't weird enough. They, they I think they won to race with that thing. They took a lot of that stuff and grafted it under an early sixties Ford Falcon sedan body. And now that's their race car. Well, I've never seen that before. <laughs> I've, I've seen a 60, 1750, never seen that before. Right. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that I like too is, you I get to see that. that and 20 years ago, like somebody could have built that car, but it never would have made a magazine and you would never have known that it was out there. And now if you want to, you're going to see that on 80 different Instagram feeds. So right. it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and people were doing that, right? Like there right. were, there were people doing that right. stuff. It wasn't yeah. like, yeah, you gave people permission to do it. It was
2: just,
1: no, exactly. you just
2: brought it into your forum,
1: right? Yeah. 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 Well, it's almost, I mean, that's, that's hundred percent, right. It's not like we, we gave them permission, but we did kind of give them a reason. I mean, yeah, we right. set up the straw man. Um, so I think it inspires some of that, but no, you're right. I mean, the, the mentally ill fabricator has always <laughs> been around, <you> know? <laughs> but he was, he was just known locally as the weirdo dude, you know, with the sob powered Ford in the neighborhood otherwise. So now he can be a star.
2: I need yeah. to, I need to meet these people. Yeah. Yeah. Sob love yeah. runs deep on this show for sure. So yeah. 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 We're,
0: okay. We're, we're both
2: former uh, idiots. Yeah. and Sob owners, yep. so. you're
1: recovering. Sob owners Three three I
2: mean. deep for me and one for you. But yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. No, I, I love it. Just, just the fact that like, when you, when you're looking at like, just like the spectrum of entry cars, right? Like kind of like, just like, oh, like, he, like the stuff that like really jumps out at you. is like just like the lunacy, right? Like oh, like you've managed to do what yeah. with what? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I enjoy that. Yeah, that's great. i have like the fact that, like so. Limits has been going like pretty strong since 2006, right? It, it's it's really like the online accessibility, the internet culture, people being able to rent seats, like. All this stuff seems to be hitting like an awesome stride, right? Uh, I've crewed at a lemons race. Ian has raced in in one. We had a fantastic time. Um, And, like, talk to us about, like, where you might want to see it go, like how you see it kind of evolving in the future,
1: right? Uh, You know, I wish I could, but I don't really know. I think... um... Certainly there's a lot of people that would have fun doing this and that in the abstract probably think about it. And I think they know about it. I'm not really sure what's keeping them from doing it. And I'm a little curious about that. And it's obviously, it's some combination of a lot of different factors. Um, But I'm a little curious about that. Honestly, I can't take a lot of credit for, for what lemons is at this point. It really has just evolved on its own. I mean, this was, this was a, a one-time party that I threw for some friends in 2006 and it immediately took on a life of its own. And I just kept like, Oh, oh, oh okay. I, you guys just go keep doing that. You know, um, I can't really claim a whole lot of direction of the thing. And particularly not anymore. I've got You know, there's Nick and Eric are really running the thing, and Kim Harmon is running the thing, and I like show up on a phone call every day and like, um, how quickly can we end this, guys? Because you know, I got other stuff going on, so um, I can't, I can't tell you. I don't really know, and I don't know that anybody knows. Honestly, I also think this is the kind of thing where it it doesn't want to be controlled from above. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I I think I think there's. There's 5,000 people who race in a lemons race in America alone every year, and they are making way more decisions and statements than we ever could. And I think it's mostly about make sure they don't kill themselves um, and make sure that if somebody else is sort of giving them a hard time, that you kick that guy out. You know, it's it's sort of that easy. Other than that, it just does its own thing.
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, like setting up the mechanisms for this space to yeah. continue to exist, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think and the, the only other I think real serious thing we wanted to ask you about was 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 COVID and and trying to balance the yeah. everything that we've been talking about so far yeah. with yeah. something that is sort of serious and a bummer.
1: Well, that, yeah. I mean, that I, ha- I have been <laughs> very deeply involved, and I kind of felt like, well, somebody has to take responsibility for this, and it, and if it's not me, I don't know who the hell that's like. I'm not going to make that somebody else's problem. Um, so yeah, that's been really tough. Obviously, a lot of people have had much worse things coming out of COVID than us. Um, you know, we're all healthy. We all kept our jobs you know we all kept our houses so we got off pretty light but it has been a tremendous amount of work and you know running a business is about predicting the future and planning for the future and this has just been this incredibly unpredictable i for the first six months and i talked to other people who run businesses um you know we have these sort of sort of circles and and for the first six months we were all saying like okay in three weeks we're finally gonna know da, 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 da. And it, like, never happened. Still hasn't happened. So I think we all just stopped finally we got over that fantasy that you can even predict this. It's been largely reactive. Um and and our approach for lemons was pretty simple. It's first you like completely flip out like everybody else is like, what the hell is this gonna be? And but then pretty quickly you can say, well if we're dark for a year, I know what that's going to cost. Can, you know, can, can we afford that? Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to like that, but we can do that. Then all of a sudden it starts to get pretty calm. It's like, okay, now we're going to have these people. If they can't do what we do, what else can we do? And then you just kind of work through that problem. So that was the internal side. And on the external side, eventually you find the doctor epidemiologist guy or guys in our case who in a pretty rational way can say, you know, in an environment where these numbers are at this level with these protocols, it's reasonable to operate. And if you can't do those protocols or if you don't have those numbers in the environment, it's not reasonable. And then you just do it. I mean, it's kind of that it, it sounds easy. It took us a really, really long time right. to figure it out and it, it changes all the time. And there's a lot of infrastructure in the background that you got to, put into place but um yeah lucky because it's it's just really like the three or four of us and it's not like we had 800 people that had to make a salary every day so when we're that small and we don't have a factory and we don't have a supply chain it's a real easy business to just say like well let me do the math and yeah okay we'll figure it out so we got off pretty lucky i think
0: yeah so, well, and I, I, I was wondering, too, like about the parallels of that learning curve of because it's essentially just like a, a risk calculation, right, of
1: yeah. and all of racing is. is. I mean, running, being on the operational side of racing is 100 percent risk management. I mean, that's all it is.
0: Right, And it's and I, I imagine that figuring this risk calculation out is a pretty similar curve to a new racing team trying to figure out how to make their car not kill them
1: well it is and it, it is isn't. it isn't i mean it is in the sense that you would think and i certainly thought this i mean i'll come from a racing background i come from this magazine background i certainly thought going into this thing after let's say it's 08 and you realize like well people aren't gonna let me stop doing this so i gotta kind of figure out what i'm doing here i thought at that point well surely the car racing industry it's you know it, it's driven by insurance insurance is driven by data surely all i have to do is get the data and that'll tell me what's dangerous what isn't what do i you know if i'm going to be responsible what i need to do well that's just wrong the insurers do not share that data in any kind of meaningful way and if you go and you say hey somebody must know is the big exposure here fuel lane is it paddock is it racetrack that's got to be out there you know, that's got to be something somebody knows. Nobody knows oh. for reasons that I'm not going to speculate on. That kind of data is not really available in a reliable way. So you are figuring it out. So what I guess what I'm saying is it, the similarity is 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 there in that even in the stuff that should be very predictable and you should be able to make very clear risk management decisions, um, You can't even on that kind of stuff. Uh, So when COVID comes along and it is changing every three days and what you think you know is invalid three days later and three weeks after that, it's invalid again. um, And you're in a business where you have to start spooling up in terms of shipping stuff, getting people hired, getting insurance policy in place. That all has to start months out, but literally you can have the COVID conditions in that environment change six days out, you can have a spike and you got to, you got, you can't go. I mean, a lot of, don't get me wrong. A lot of racing series, they went anyway. Our decision was, well, we're going to make rules and we're going to follow them. So, you know, we had to do that in a bunch of cases. Um, But what are you going to do?
2: Yeah. So as like the whole reason that like, that we felt compelled to have you on the show was because you you made a statement in one of your emails my
1: winning winning smile (laughs) absolutely yes (laughs) sorry go go ahead
2: no no uh because you made a statement in one of your emails where you 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 basically just said god damn it get vaccinated right and so given that car culture is made up of so many like diverse backgrounds like I could just see like Ian and I are very obviously pro-vaccination, pro like doing the things that sane people should
1: do, right? Like, yeah.
2: You know, yeah. we're not like, yeah. you know, we're not this is an <laughs> Ivermectin, right? Like I'm
1: not, yeah. Um, Abarth <laughs> yeah, on a flatbed behind him. Yeah. 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 Right. Is saying <laughs> yeah, I'm a things.
2: rational human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what all nice. rational people say, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but the fact that like you made the fact, that statement shouldn't be controversial, right? It's a common sense statement that's necessary in these times for the survival of so many things, including enthusiast hobbies, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, we love that you, you said that. We really appreciate that because that's the kind of thing that people need, even though, like, we know that there's probably going to be people that don't feel that way, that don't feel oh, sure. Have those beliefs or whatever you know so yeah so talk to us about like have you had any kind of negative reception how have you kind of navigated kind of steering that
1: course well yeah i mean some subset and it's been a very small very small subset sure. some subset of course of people who call themselves lemon people have been sort of vocally from day one have been blowing back on you know our adherence to the reality of the situation, not the not the sitting on the toilet looking at Instagram reality, but the actual reality of the of the um, of the situation. But it's a very small minority. It is a minority that largely likes to be offended anyway. So it doesn't really matter what you're going to do, and and screw them. Um, we at Lemons have kind of always made it our job. It, it's what I said earlier, which is everybody's experience matters and what i think happens a lot in racing is that if you're an organizer you get really worried because one guy's pissed off and you bend over backward and you're trying to make this one guy happy and you forget it's a zero-sum game uh you can't make one guy happy without making somebody else equally unhappy and why are you going to chase your own tail for that and and also, why are you going to indulge this man-child who's throwing a hissy fit when it's not his his or her decision? So, okay. you know, we just don't really – life is too short. I mean, and nobody, nobody involved in Levin's really cares. There's always going to be some guy who's pissed off. We're not very interested in unpissing him off. And frankly, having the guy who likes to be pissed off around makes everybody else's weekend worse so honestly if that guy wants to be in a huff the best thing you can do is like fine be in a huff go away um
0: well uh, i was, was going to say too that like the that sort of attitude of the the anti vax thing is is very much the peloti uh gt3 yeah. Yeah.
1: thing and lemons like is about the only one that matters yeah right
0: and lemons is about community and yeah. the community thing to do is to protect yeah. those around you
1: yeah yeah no I, I think it's really that simple and and the only other thing I would add to that is, you know, again, I don't come from a racing background. I mean, I come from an organizational background, a business background and a magazine background, but not racing. And I had to think long and hard after that first one. Well, I thought, well, geez, maybe this is, maybe there is a business here that I can build. And I had to think really hard about, do I wanna be at three in the morning, lying awake worrying about some guy breaking his neck? Um, and I really had to think about that. And, and the deal that I made with myself was, I will do this, but within the confines of what this activity is, I am going to make it as safe as I possibly can. And that is not, you know, it's not a moral stance. That's just, I can't deal with the anxiety of, putting people at undue risk that I don't think is necessary for what we're doing. And the COVID thing was just the same way. I mean, it's the same as a Hans device or fire suppression. Nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted that shit either. And I just, you know, uh, uh, a business, a business with 10,000 customers is worth something to me and a business with 11,000 customers and three of them are dead. Um, That's and you've probably got a ten million dollar suit hanging over your head because of it. That's worth nothing to me. So it just wasn't that hard. And and people are going to get. If you're worried about people getting pissed off, you're just in the wrong business because people are always going to get pissed off.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Heaven forbid somebody who found something have a conscience. Like, yeah. yeah, No. That like, yeah. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to be within these confines. And that leads to like, talk about some of those decisions, right? Like cheap cars, slow cars, like the crashes are much safer if the cars are slower. Yeah. Kind of tell us through,
1: tell us some well, of that I, kind of like, you know, you know that, that actually turns out, I, that's not entirely true. I mean, that's intuitively true, right. but it, it's not the speed of the car. It's the speed. It's not how fast the car goes. It's how quickly the car goes to zero that hurts you. Um, And there are a lot of tropes that don't really seem to be backed up by the evidence. For example, um, there is this there is this very firmly held idea that you know the worst thing you can have is differential of speed, and surely intuitively, I mean, I can see that that's a problem. Um, I don't actually see any evidence of that. I haven't been able to find any statistical evidence. Obviously. An 8-mile-an-hour car is a problem out out there. But the delta between you know, an 80-mile-an-hour car and 100-mile-an-hour car doesn't really seem to be the issue that most people reflexively think it is. Um, obviously, the data problem that I talked about earlier, I don't really know what's going on in other series because the data aren't available. But I know from ours, you know, we have a lot of contact and we have a lot of off-track incidents and things like that. Unfortunately, we have virtually no injuries, but very, very rarely is like speed differential, one of those issues. One of the other things is people, it is obviously a real problem when one guy sees a flag and another guy doesn't see a flag. That is obviously a gigantic issue, but knock on wood, um, very rarely does that differential not resolve itself very quickly. the guy the guy who doesn't see it almost always starts to realize oh shit i didn't see something and slows down right. um, so the the things that you think are really big exposures turn out probably not to be the biggest exposures and the really big exposures turn out to be really dumb things like guy loading his atv onto a trailer okay that wipes out a lot of people um Guy, it's a lot of kind of um, guy drops car on self because jack stands were not properly sighted. Um, Those things, and actually the thing that really gets a lot of people is nighttime, guy driving through paddock in golf cart, not paying attention, probably has had a couple of beers. If you do look at where things happen, it's not always what people expect. Um, which is sort of a whole other level of three AM anxiety because you can't. I mean, how do you guard against something you don't know? Um, right. But anyway, I guess I don't even know how I start on that. But it, a lot of the stuff that seems intuitive is not actually where the real issue is. Um, the real issues are often these much more prosaic things. Yeah,
0: yeah, that makes sense. And it's always—it's probably also just people have their guard down right like yeah. people they see a, sl- a slow car up ahead and they're like oh shit there's a slow car i have to ha- i have to be alert
1: right right so so one of the one of the guys who really really was important at the beginning of this is this guy Dan Radowitz and he was um, he was very involved with CSRG and that's where his experience running races came from and for the first i don't know 3 or 4 years Dan was our our kind of our technical director and he's a very smart guy and when we started i was adamant that we had to slow people down on the straights and you know do these sort of intuitively sensible things and dan often took the view of you know people actually will mostly have a healthy sense of fear and the benefit that you might be getting by introducing a chicane here is more than offset by the confusion you cause and by the tapping and bumping that you're causing because people are coming into it, different skill sets and things like that. And he said, you know, I really think you're going to have fewer contacts if you just kind of ease off on stuff like that and let themselves out. And I was very resistant to that, but he, he convinced me to try it. He was hundred percent right about that.
2: That's really interesting.
1: He wouldn't have thought that that. Dan was also the one who pointed out, you know, the issue is not the track speed. The issue is, is there something that someone's going to get into, and con- is there a hard thing that he's going to hit? Um, really taught all of us, because he was really the expert going into this thing. Dan really showed all of us, like, this is what you're looking for. It's like the tree at summit point. That's much more important. You can be going 80, if you hit that, you got a real problem. You can be going 150 down you know, the back straight at Thunder Hill. there's nothing to hit. And you might roll all the way to the road, <laughs> but there's really nothing to run into. Right. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's kind of counterintuitive. It, that's, that's
2: fascinating, right? Like it just kind of speaks like more to like just an overall like homogenous like kind of like movement, w- like a flock yeah. of cars like all just kind of smoothly moving, right? Like almost like fluid dynamics, right?
1: Yeah, no, it, it yeah. Very, much so, very, okay. very much.
2: Yeah, no like turbulence. Stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right on. That's really cool. Yeah, no, stuff you never would have thought of. Yeah, Yeah. no. Um,
1: Yeah. yeah. So, Well, I'm finding out stuff that I never would have thought of every day. I mean, I do not want to pretend that I have all the answers here because stuff is surprising me all the time. But it does feel like those surprises are getting more and more obscure, which is good. You know, it means maybe most of the obvious stuff has already happened, and we've thought about it a little bit more.
2: Yeah. You have been doing this since the PlayStation 3 was launched. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to spend seven hundred dollars on a video game console or five hundred on a car to race? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Right? Oh, I like that. I like that, Jay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Ian? What do I, you think? I think we did a car show. <laughs> um We talked about cars
1: experience. a lot. Yeah. You yeah. sound so surprised.
0: <laughs> you know, it doesn't always happen. Yeah. To be honest, we had a we had one a couple of a couple episodes ago. We talked about bison for a solid twenty minutes. So, <laughs> you know, it does. It happens. Um, Jay, if people want to find out more about lemons or they want to uh, get in touch with you, what what should they do?
1: Uh, really easy. It is two, four hours of lemons.com. My contact is yeah, on one of the pages under, I believe it's currently worthless old know nothing coot is my title on the contact page. It's pretty accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. but two hours, 11.com easy to find. Uh, we are on all of the grams and tubes and all that kind of stuff and uh mostly you know we've had a year and a half to do nothing but sit back and make dumb content so there's a lot of stuff out there now
2: those videos the wrap-up videos are great like the videos oh, that you guys you. send out yeah no like i subscribe to the newsletter it's it's great
1: yeah oh thank you no
2: thank those you. those are fantastic always great to see yeah
1: well it, it, it is it is fun to work on that stuff and and i'm constantly just wondering like what what am I doing? How, <laughs> 56 years old. How did this happen? It's like, you know, editing a dude with a Saab motor and a <laughs> Nissan suspension under a uh, Ford Falcon. So nice. there you go. This is hey, what, this what my parents gave me an education for.
2: <laughs> you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, no, And if yeah. not, you're doing something.
2: So what? <laughs> no, I, I think that during times like this, like these are the kinds of things that are going to help us survive like very difficult times. Right. Like just some tomfoolery, like figuring out how to do this kind of stuff safely. These are like, these are the islands. These are the oasises. Oasis. I don't know how to pluralize oasis. oasis. Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Liam and Noel, maybe. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but yeah, these are the kinds of things that are really going to help us get through. And, and we really appreciate what you're doing and, and, well, and you. how you're going about it. Right. That's
1: the well, important thing. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You, you may be overestimating uh, my intent <laughs> here, but thank you.
2: No, just like the rest of automotive journalism, right? Like self deprecation is a part of it. So, yeah, we, we recognize that same, same, same.
1: Well, thank you very much.
2: Yeah.
0: Well. Yeah. well, thank you so much, Jay, and everyone else. Uh, I think it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see you in person, or I'll see you in person uh, here in about a week. Excellent. Um, everyone else, we love you. Goodbye. All right.